ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's Tuesday, the 29th. Glad you're with me. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. I know I did to catch up on. Of course, we had Game 7 of both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals this weekend. LeBron James back again. We'll have all that action for you right here on your home of the Cavs, either ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, or, depending on our baseball schedule, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. But we'll talk about all of that later on because we got so much to get into. Of course, we'll get into the Houston Rockets not making it and Golden State just putting them away. So we've got return of Golden State and the Cavaliers for the fourth straight year. Also... We'll get into it as we can. Game one of the Stanley Cup last night was amazing. It was just fun to watch. Vegas is probably going to win this thing, and I'm okay with that. I love watching those guys play. So we've got all of that that happened over the weekend, and of course, we've got so much Marshall stuff to get into. I'm going to start with John Elmore. That made a lot of people's day when he made the announcement that he was going to withdraw from the NBA draft. And he's coming back to Marshall. Now, those are the two things that people are most happy about. One, that he pulled out from the NBA. Importantly, he decided, I'm coming back to Marshall. Because he was at a spot now where he could have transferred. He could have played somewhere else. And a lot of teams, a lot of schools were actually inquiring, saying, hey, you know, if if you want to, we, we would love to have you come. So, great decision as far as I'm concerned for John. Why? Because first of all, he's getting a lot of buzz, Conference USA, that he's back. And what's funny, he's getting a lot of buzz from Conference USA across the league. This is the same guy that got snubbed for player of the year, but yet a lot of people were talking him up. I don't know if it's a little payback for, you know, maybe we should have made you player of the year. I don't know what that's about, but John's getting a lot of buzz. Of course, acquitted himself well. Felt like I need one more year. I'm going to do it at Marshall. That gives Marshall a great chance to get back to the Conference USA Championship and to get back to the NCAA tournament. Because other than Ideen Penova, Marshall's coming back with everybody. And C.J. Burke's making the announcement that he's coming back. You've got, you've got your Double damage coming back. You get your two big guns as far as scoring is concerned. So he's a he's a great example of a kid who comes into the program, puts the jersey on. It means something to him. It's going to stay his entire career. He'll go down as a legend. I mean, they're already people who are still wanting to get that John Elmore statue going. And I'm surprised there hasn't been a Kickstarter already or a GoFundMe started. And if there has been, let me know. I'm kind of curious to see how you guys are doing on that. But as far as what he's been able to do for Marshall, he's made Marshall matter again in basketball. It took some effort and time, but he's part of the reason why Marshall basketball matters again, at least in the short term and hopefully in the long term as well. But he said in the release that came out, I'm excited to be able to put on the Marshall 
uniform for one more go around. He also said, Marshall is my home. I'm looking forward to going out with a bang. We have shown glimpses of what we were capable of throughout my first three years. The bar is set high every now and he's basically saying, I'm excited for the challenge. Then he added a go hurt, obviously. So you got to be excited that you're, that you're, you're, you're guy, your three-time Conference USA Player of the Week, member of the league's all-conference first team, is coming back right off of a NCAA appearance, first time in 31 years, right off the fact that they got to the second round, got their first win, got to the second round. What's next for this program? And that's what John is bringing to the table. What's next for this program? And he's got some more records to break, I'm sure. I mean, already broke the school single-season record for points at 816. Also led the way at assist for 244. Free throws at 232. Free throw attempts at 281. And he led the team, obviously, in three-pointers. Marshall loves to jack the three up, and he added a whole bunch of them. 98. 275 three-point field goal attempts and field goals at 554. Also led the nation in triple doubles at two. So here's a guy who's probably going to excel pretty high up that leaderboard. He's fourth right now on the scoring list all time at 1888. 1,888. He's third in made three-pointers at 242, third in assist at 592, and second in May free throws at 518. He's going to be owning several records when he's all said and done. And that's another thing. I think he likes the fact that, you know what, I can do something special here. By the time I'm done, hopefully we've done something special with Marshall basketball, we've gotten further than we've ever gotten before, and people are going to remember him, and he's going to be in those record books for a long time as probably the top guy in so many categories. And keep this in mind. Here's another reason why people are buzzing over this. Because everyone who's coming back to college basketball, he ranked second last season in points and first in total assists nationally. So here's your guy that people are going to be buzzing about. And he probably got some good advice. So, hey, come back next year. You're going to be ready. Come back next year. Go back. Enjoy your last season of college ball. Go back. Do all that. And then come to the NBA. We'll be here for you. Probably got that advice. I think he likes the college experience, likes being a college basketball player, and this guarantees him at least another year of ball. And honestly, here's a guy. I think he's going to get more buzz coming through Conference USA than the D-League. Let's say John Elmore goes and gets drafted or has to come up through the the D-League. Let's say that. What do you get out of the D-League? I think you don't go that route until you're done with college. If the D-League is where you're going to start in the NBA, stay in college. Whatever the case may be, John's made his decision. It's got to be exciting for a lot of Marshall basketball fans. And now you've got to hope that Danny can do it again. Or at least Danny can do something even better than what he did last year with this squad. As I mentioned, Ideen Peneva is going to test the waters. He's going to put it out there. He's going to get ready for next year. He's going to work out elsewhere, 
work on a game plan. Hopefully that young man gets drafted. I'd like to have seen him come back for a final year. I don't know if popular to, to some belief that he leaving was a indictment of Marshall facilities. I don't know if that's it's that. I don't know. I can't say that for certain. There was that tone there that some picked up on. Whatever the case may be, Marshall's going to be in good shape basketball-wise. And then here coming up, we've got some rule changes to talk about. Not so much the gameplay on the court, but how scheduling is going to be handled. I'll tell you what, we'll save that for when we come back from break. We'll go over all of that. We'll get your phone calls in later on. But Conference USA is trying to be an innovator on the court. And you know what? They might actually be onto something here. Sit back, buckle up, because this is uncharted territory. Conference USA onto something. We'll talk about that when we continue. It's The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition. It's your drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, Conference USA is starting to think a little bit more out of the box. And I don't mean Facebook streaming football games. No, they're actually doing something to try to get basketball a little bit more of an edge when it comes to Selection Sunday, getting some attention for the league. Coming up this season, the 18-19 men's basketball conference season, there is going to be a change in scheduling. Now, ESPN analyst, former head coach, and ESPN analyst Mark Adams part of the reason why this is changing. They brought him on board. You saw the rumors. You saw the reports. It's official now. League released the details today. What they're trying to do here is make sure that the top teams in Conference USA are stronger. Now, we all love upsets, and we all love Cinderella, right? Yeah, not for your conference tournament, you, you don't. You don't know. You, you, you want to try to get as many teams as you can into the NCAA tournament. And that means getting your strongest teams up there. And if your stronger teams can get even stronger as far as the RPI is concerned and strength of schedule, better chance you might get in getting an invite. Because really, it's the at-large is what you want. You want as many at-larges as you can. So here's the deal. This is... This is blatantly trying to get more teams into the postseason. They're trying to enhance resumes of the top teams. So if you're not in the top part of this, uh, you're not going to benefit from this. But if you're in the top five of Conference USA after a certain mark, your schedule is going to get bumped up. And the great thing here is after a certain point, they're locking you in. So you're not going to get knocked out of position here as far as the tournament is concerned. You're not getting penalized, and that's the great thing about this. So non-conference scheduling is going to be a big deal for this league, but what they're doing is working on a scheduling formula now. So 14 schools, they're going to play each other once, and they're going to play their travel partner twice. 
And that's going to be in the first seven weeks of the conference season. Now, after those seven weeks are up, teams are going to be in one of three groups, which are based on conference standings through the first 14 games of league action. So every game counts. Everybody's going to play everybody once. And after that, where you stand is going to lock you in to a group. So based on your conference standing, after the first 14 games of league action, the teams will be divided into two groups of five. You're going to have one through five and six through ten. And then you're going to have a group of four, 11 through 14. During the final three weeks, teams will play within their respective grouping for the last four games of conference play. Home and away games within the groups will be determined by a preset formula. Once all 18 games have been completed, the top 12 teams based on final league standings will be seeded in the conference tournament. Teams are going to be guaranteed seeding within their respective group. The example is, if a program lands in the second group, 6 through 10, it will seed no higher than 6 and no lower than 10 in the tournament field. That's pretty innovative. Don't you think? So now, if Marshall, after 14 games, finishes in the top five, then Marshall's locked. They're either going to be five or better, depending on where they're at. They finish five, they get a chance to move up. If they finish one, they're not going to go down too far, or they can stay, depending on what the outcome is of the next games. That's pretty innovative. And also, the reason for this is you're trying to improve your RPI, strength of schedule. So do you need to see Marshall, maybe in that last week of conference play, play a couple of really weak teams in the league that's going to maybe not boost your schedule? you got to play your conference teams. That's always been the adage you got to play your conference teams. But now, after 14 games, all you have to worry about is, all right, where do we end up? And we can control our destiny a little bit better by maybe we beat some of the better teams. We're in that top pod, so if we do well, we're going to be pretty good. Now, I don't know if this is going to help, ultimately, but... I think there are so many ways you can go about this. First of all, you don't have to worry about a really bad team getting maybe a a lucky victory over you. You're a top team, and a bottom team, for some reason, outplays you, just has a better game against you, and knocks you out. Your schedule is going to take a hit. Your strength of schedule, your RPI is going to take a hit. And so... Everybody plays everybody, and then you're going to be paired up against, depending on where you you stand, you're in the top tier, you're going to take on the top, it's like a mini tournament, you're going to take on the top teams before you get to the conference tournament. That's innovative. So now, if you take a loss, it's not going to be that bad because it's going to be against a quality opponent, and if you get a win, it's going to be pretty good because it's going to be against a quality opponent. League in Conference USA seems to be top-heavy. Marshall is among the top part of that league right now. 
And this doesn't penalize you. It benefits you. And the same time, I think it makes every game even more important because now you know that, okay, if we we let up here, we might drop into that second tier. And we can't play our way out of that second tier. We've got to go through it. There won't be any added bonus for being in that second tier. Or that third tier. So if you're in that third tier, you're going to be playing your heart out because you want to try to stay at least in tournament contention. At the same time, you're not wrecking your schedule if you're a top team here in Conference USA. You're not playing those lower-tier teams. However the schedule is. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they they do this because you won't know. You won't know where you're going. You've got home games or if you've got road games until you get seeded after those 14 games. Now, that might be a little unnerving for fans because all of a sudden you don't know. You're necessarily locked in. Now, if you're a season ticket holder, you'll have your season tickets. There you go. You'll be good. But at the same time, what if Marshall's got to travel out to UTEP? Boy, hey, congratulations. You're you're in a pod now with UTEP. Got to go see them again. And sure, it's going to have some ups and downs as far as trying to figure out how you're going to do this logistically. Is it going to be fair to fans? I don't know, but it'll be some good basketball. And another thing, here's where you can go with this. If you talk to your television partners, think of this. You can actually guarantee your television partners, and maybe this will be more attractive to television partners in the future. Look, after a certain mark, close to the end of the regular season, we're going to have top-tier games. Yet we're not going to have to hope that we've got top-tier games for you. We're going to have top-tier games. Now, depending on what's attractive to you, you could have a pretty good pick of what we've got. I mean, think of this. You could be seeing Marshall and Western Kentucky for a third time. If Marshall and Western Kentucky, after the 14 are up, they're in that top five, you're going to see them again. That's an attractive matchup, I would think. What if you get to see Middle and Western Kentucky again? That's an attractive matchup. And you might argue, well, we got to see that before. Well, now it means something. It just depends on which teams you get in this top five. But I think it's going to be really important for the league to market that. Look, here, look at these games. It ramps up. Now, it's going to also maybe be some motivation, I think, for the teams that are going to be finishing in that second group. You don't want to finish in that second group. You want to get in that first group. You don't want to be one of those teams because you're not going to improve as much, if any. You're not going to improve. You're number six. You're not going to improve. All you can do is maintain your sixth spot. You're not going to improve. You're not going to see stronger opponents. You're not going to have the RPI boost that maybe being in that first part of the pod will mean to you. And if you're in that bottom, 
Sorry. Completely sorry. But at the same time, the bottom is not going to bring the top down. You're not going to face those teams and then possibly until later on in the tournament. You're not going to have to deal with that right off the bat. I like this. It's innovative. It's imaginative. And this is so unlike Conference USA. What if this happens for the other sports now? What if other leagues pick up on this? Now, I don't see the ACC. I don't see the SEC. I don't see them doing anything like this. They're not going to. They're going to get picks. They're going to get spots in the NCAA tournament. And the whole goal here is to get more units. That's the goal. Get more units because every time you make an appearance in the NCAA tournament, you get a unit. And you advance, you get more units. And if you have more teams in, you get more units. And what does this mean? You get money. It goes to the conference. And then most conferences spread the wealth around. But the importance here is Conference USA is trying to get more teams in at a higher seed to be more successful. You want to get a higher seed so you can be maybe the better team, the stronger team, or more competitive, even though Conference USA has acquitted itself quite nicely over the last few years, Marshall included. You do this, now you have opportunity here to maybe bring basketball back a little bit more in Conference USA. Conference USA was a basketball league. I know the move to get in Conference USA was for football, but Conference USA, thanks to Memphis and a few other teams, it was a basketball league. And it could be again. And what was more exciting? Be honest now. What was more exciting? Bowl game? NCAA tournament? Bowl game? Means nothing. In the grand scheme of things, other than you won your bowl game, you got a trophy, congratulations. Or NCAA tournament. People are paying attention to you. If you win, people are paying more attention to you. For a whole week after Selection Sunday, people are talking about you all across the country, everywhere. You're getting so much press out of that, so much buzz. And you can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm not saying the bowls are bad. I'm just putting more value on basketball because that's great. You've, you won your bowl game. We all enjoy that. We like it. Marshall can go out, recruit. We won our bowl game. Marshall's happy. You end the season on a high note. It's great. It really is. But. Conference USA, I think, is on the right path here by trying to figure out how do you get more attention? How do you get more teams in the postseason? How do you do that? How do you improve the resume? Well, after a certain point, you lock standings. You're now in a group. You can't finish any lower than the last spot in your group, so you're not going to get penalized. Because we're going to ramp the schedule up for you. Now you got to face, if you're number five, you got to t- face the top four teams. And guess what? If you're number six, 
you're going to work harder next year because you got to face teams below you. And not in a good way. I do like this. It's a good move by Conference USA. We'll talk more about this. Get your thoughts on it. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back, Paul Swan, your host for the May 29th edition, your drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Just going back to this Conference USA schedule for a moment. I do want to stress that you can't lose position. You can gain, but you can't lose position as far as your where you're at in a group. So if you're the fifth seed and you can't win another game, you're still the fifth seed going into the Conference USA tournament. It's not going to hurt you. Now, if you're the one seed, you can lose your one seed, and you can drop down depending on how many games uh, you lose. You can drop down two, three, four, five. You could, it's theoretically possible. And if you're a two seed, you can move up, move down. If you're a three seed, move up or down. You can be a four seed, move up or fall to fifth. But you can't fall out of your pod. So if you're one through five, you're locked in to that grouping. If you are six through ten, you don't fall out of your grouping. And if you are in that bottom, you're fighting to stay above a couple of teams so you can get to the postseason. That's what you're doing. Is this just a stunt? I think this is actually pretty innovative. I'm curious to see how they handle the first year because I want to see the logistics of this thing, what they are going to do. Once they get everything locked, everybody's locked in their position. Is it going to be fair to some teams or not? How do you do that? What if Marshall's got to travel to Texas? What if Marshall's got a couple of games in Texas? Is that fair? Maybe, maybe not. Well, the Texas teams have got to travel a lot. Is that fair? Maybe. Maybe not. So I want to see how the league handles this. And, of course, again, it's a Conference USA. It's a huge league. It's definitely not a travel-friendly league. But here's, here's the example. We're going to use the 2017-18 season as the example. And from the way I can understand this and the way it's been explained to me Middle Tennessee, we'll use them, they were in first place, they would host the second and third place teams, which would have been Old Dominion and Western Kentucky, and they would travel to the fourth and fifth place teams which would be Marshall and UTSA Old Dominion would host Western Kentucky and Marshall and travel to Middle Tennessee and UTSA Western would host Marshall and UTSA and travel to Middle Tennessee and Old Dominion. Marshall would host Middle Tennessee and UTSA and travel to ODU and Western Kentucky. And UTSA would host Middle and ODU, and then they would travel to Western and Marshall. That's how it breaks down using last year's season standings. I don't know if the NCAA selection committee is going to really take notice of this, but they should. I don't know if this is going to guarantee 
an at-large bid, but it's going to quiet some of those concerns about strength of schedule and resume because now you can look at a league that's said basically, okay, we don't want our top teams to be damaged in the last few weeks of conference play by the bottom part of this conference. We don't want to get our schedule damaged. We're going to play a fair schedule. Everybody plays, and then you got a travel partner, and you're going to play them also one more time. So everybody sees everybody, and then depending on where you stand, you're going to get put into A, B, or C. A being the best, B being all right, and C, for the most part, some of you teams see you. And I hope it works. Three times. You get to see Marshall, maybe Western Kentucky, three times. Wouldn't that be cool? You could see them four times. Would you like to see Marshall and Western Kentucky theoretically play four times in a basketball season? Because they're your travel partner. So you're going to see them home and away. And then if Marshall and Western Kentucky are in that first grouping or they're going to be grouped together, you could see them play for the third time. And then Conference USA Tournament, they could meet again. You would see them for that fourth time. And I don't know about you, but I'm all right with that. I would love to see that. That's just fun for me. That's totally fun. What if the ACC adopted this? And you could see some of your top teams go at each other for a multitude of times. How fun would that be? How fun would that be, really? Look, think about it. We're not talking about Marshall playing Rice. We're talking Marshall might get to see again, if Marshall can stay in that top tier, you would get middle, you would get western, that's good, right? You get to see them again. UTSA is an up-and-comer. You get Old Dominion as well. And just using last year's standings as the example, you get to see them again and then possibly one more time in the tournament. At that point, your strength of schedule has got to be a lot better. Your RPI has got to be a lot better depending on how many you win. And it's really not a bad loss at that point. Compared to a win against using Rice as an example. We'll use Rice as as the, sorry, we're picking on you today. That's fantastic. Totally. And because, honestly, I think this league gets more bang for its buck in basketball. The lane... The Lane Train's going to be here only for so long. Lane Kiffin's halo effect right now in Conference USA is going to be here only for so long. And Marshall in football could have a perfect season. Marshall could be perfect right now. Win the Conference USA championship, not a single blemish on their record, and hope, hope, that they get to be in one of the access bowls. Hope. And they could still be told, we find you wanting. Nice season, 
you don't get to play in one of our big bowls. And then what do you have? The same thing you had the previous year. Get to go to a nice bowl, travel destination, good for the kids. They have fun. You win the bowl. It's a great recruiting tool. You go out and do it all over again. Football definitely needs revamped a little bit more. But basketball, win your conference, win your tournament, get to the NCAA tournament, have an opportunity. More people are talking about you. More people are buzzing about you. People are buzzing now. John Elmore coming back to Marshall. People are buzzing about it. We're talking basketball. It's May 29th, 2018. Basketball. Shouldn't we be getting excited for college football? Right? That's what's coming up next. And there is excitement for Marshall football. Don't get me wrong. I'm taking nothing away from them. But right now, basketball is more exciting. Huntington used to be a basketball town. Marshall used to be a basketball school. And that's coming back. It's really coming back. And Marshall can get into the NCAA tournament again and a couple more times. Oh, it's really going to be back. But it's good for both, football and basketball. Don't, don't take me wrong. I'm not saying that football should not be successful or football, whatever their successes are, don't mean anything. I just put the emphasis on basketball right now because it's going to take you further. It really is. It's going to take you further. Football might bring in the revenue, and season tickets and tickets being sold, I hear, up. People are excited. But basketball is going to take you more places. I just don't see football taking you everywhere you want to go compared to basketball. Being in that NCAA tournament is very good. But it's really nice if you have good football and basketball. It's really nice to have them both. So don't take me wrong. I just know right now, hop on the basketball train because, boy, it's going to be fun. More on the way. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to your Tuesday edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So how many of you were flipping back and forth last night between Game 1 of the Stanley Cup and Game 7 of the Western Conference? I'm going to say a lot of you because ratings were really good for the Stanley Cup, especially in Vegas and Washington. Heck, Pittsburgh was, I think, was the number three market for this. Pittsburgh fans are still interested in this. And that's good. That's great for hockey. And on the cable side, because Game 1 of the Stanley Cup was on NBC, TNT, they were lucky to have Game 7 of the Warriors and the Rockets, and it had a 10.3 overnight rating. And according to Turner Sports, that is the second highest rated NBA game ever on cable television. After the 2016 Western Conference Final Game 7 between the Warriors and Thunder. It was also the highest rated NBA game of the season on either cable or broadcast television. And here's what their PR said. 
that the game delivered cable television's second highest rated NBA game telecast of all time and the highest rating for an NBA game this year across all of television based on a 10.3 metered market rating. Well, yeah, a lot of people tuned in for this. I mean, you had the Rockets and you had the Warriors, best teams in the West going after it, and they did this on top of the fact that games weren't that competitive for a while. Chris Paul wasn't around, and I'm going to tell you, as much as the NBA game was entertaining, after a while it was painful to watch, and the hockey game wasn't. The hockey game was the best thing on last night. Vegas and Washington, that's game one. The way they played, I can't wait to see what it looks like in game two, game three, game four. And oh yeah, it's going to game five, six, and possibly seven. That was some fun sports last night. Just to have both. I was cheating a little bit. I was watching hockey. I was listening to the game. We had the uh, Warriors and Rockets game right here. I was cheating a little bit. I was listening to that, watching hockey. Heck, inside the NBA, the studio show, third highest overnight rating ever Monday. And it was up 36% overall from its coverage of last year's conference finals. The NBA has been hitting it right now. Television-wise, the numbers have been fantastic. I mean, the regular season was okay. It was good. I mean, the regular season, it had a a good showing locally and nationally. People were tuning in. Very good season ratings-wise. And then the playoffs hit, and things have just ballooned. Now, does that balloon further, or does the balloon burst? Because, once again, we've got Warriors – and Cavaliers. How many of you are tuning in for that again? I'm tuning in. I'll keep a tab on it. But I don't know if that's going to be as entertaining. But again, I think you got to remember what I said earlier. Do not count LeBron James out. Did you think LeBron would be there with the Cavs? No, you didn't. You didn't think that at all. You weren't thinking that at all. Don't tell me you were, because you weren't. No, you weren't. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm your host, Paul Swan. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Until then, good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.